Welcome to Mum's The Word. This is episode one with myself, Georgina, a.k.a. Geo. Who else have we got on the pod? On the decks, we've got MC Blizzard, also known as Big Matt in the house. Yep, I'm in a house. Um, <laughs> and introducing me there was Medium Katie. It's like being back in school again. Well, I, well I'm Way Big Matt. Why, why, what are you? No, I, I just meant you're the middle child. Mm. <laughs> I hope you can cut this out because I was really professional then. You, you did sound like you weren't sure what the name of the podcast was at the start. Yeah, it? It like, uh, welcome to. Uh, <laughs> Shall I go the word? Again? <laughs> welcome to. We made this name up five minutes ago. <laughs> welcome to Mums at Word was the best we could come up with in 30 minutes. Anyway, I've got an icebreaker for you. I don't know if we need one because everyone seems to be laughing anyway. But the best and the oh, easiest... Sorry, I, I like the idea that we've all been siblings for like three decades, but we need to break <laughs> break the ice between us. <laughs> bit, bit awkward. <laughs> anyway, they're quite funny. These are just fun, fun and funny questions according to the internet. Um, so I'm just going to throw some out there just to see what your answers are. So if you were a vegetable, <laughs> what vegetable would you be? Matt? I'm trying to think what vegetable's got the most exciting life. And I think it's probably the potato because they grow quite deep underground, I think, as, as far as vegetables go. You can get, you know, they go, you get a bit of, you probably hang out with some moles, maybe see some worms. Then you get pulled up, get peeled. So it's a bit, you know, it's a bit exciting. You lose some of your skin. And <laughs> this is already sounding <laughs> really weird. <laughs> Uh, you I get just to mean... hang out with moles and then someone peels your skin off. Yeah, but then in terms of your life as a potato, you've got loads of options because you could get mashed, you could get um, roasted, you could get baked. There's all kinds Versatile. of Versatile. You're about to get like roasted. It. Chips. Matt, you're about to get roasted for picking the humble potato as the vegetable that you'd well, be. All I'm saying is if we lived in a world of potatoes, it'd be a pretty sad world. That's, that's what I'm going to say. Kate, what vegetable would you be? Aubergine. Why? Well, it's the most used emoji. It tastes yeah. delicious. And my favourite replacement of a penis. And um, my favourite food at the spring water is a bubbling aubergine curry. That's true. It is. Well, what about you, Judge? Um, I think I'd be the millennials' vegetable of choice: an avocado. Nice. Tr- trendy, hip, fashionable, tasteless, rough on the outside but soft inside. With a massive stone. Yeah, for a heart. Yeah. Actually, I do have a fond memory of uh, avocados. When I was getting married, Mum and George bought us three matching PJs that were avocado PJs. They don't really I, fit me now. We did. Mine don't fit me either. And they say avocuddle on yeah, the front. Do. Right, okay. I'll just do one more and then we can move on from this section. I'm just going to pick one. Oh, this is a good one. If you could be in the movie of your choice, what movie would you choose and what character would you play? Right, this is too, can this I is just, too... can I just <laughs> say I think Matt would play play no, no, stop, stop, stop. flying back to the future? That, that is oh my god, that that now you've said that I am thinking about that. But what I was gonna say was I think this is too easy. I think we should try and answer for each other. Yeah. Oh, okay, well, there you go. So, so you've what's kind the question of... again? So if you could be in a movie of your choice, what movie would you choose and what character would you play? 
Okay. Who's going to so answer? So I've just answered for Matt. That's what I then. think. So say if it again. you, I will just, if you then say it for me and Matt can say it for you. Okay. So I think Matt would be, can I have two? Matt would either be Marty McFly in Back to the Future or Gollum in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Right, I'm offended by that. Marty McFly is cool. He plays the guitar. He's got a hoverboard. Gollum's a little freak in pants. <laughs> well. Is that what you think of when you think of me? Yeah. Well, I'm offended. I would, I would I've would. been sorting out the family albums. I've seen photos <laughs> of you looking like a little freak in pants. Have you seen my precious? <laughs> Actually, to be fair, yeah, it's out in <laughs> some of your baby pictures. Well, as long as my ring wasn't there. Um, I would agree with that. I, to be fair, I would have gone with Gandalf over Gollum, but I mean, I'll, I'll take Lord of the Rings. Is the, you're on the right tracks either way. So I've, got DK, I've got DK. That's, this is tough. Um, the first thing that came to mind was um, Rose in Titanic, but maybe that's Kate when she was like 15 or something rather than today. Jack, Jack, come back. Jack, come back. <laughs> She would have found a way to get him on that door. At I the end. absolutely would have. Yeah, definitely was enough room. You're, you're gonna have to fill in the blanks for me because I feel like you would definitely be in that film ATL that TI's in. Oh my god, yeah, new, new, Lauren mm. London, hundred yeah, percent. That's it, new, new. Because I always got the new, new stuff. That's what she says. There we go. <laughs> oh, that was fun. Matt, and what, Matt? If you were answering that about mum, what would you say? God, that's a good question as well. What's that film? Um, do you the Dolly Parton it? one we watched at Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she'd be Dolly Angel. Dolly Parton. <laughs> angel the Angel. No, um, what's that one? Is it The Out of Towners? Oh, my, oh God. my God. I was going to say that. Well, a Goldie Horn. Goldie film. Horn, yeah. That, that is so weird. I was literally going to say that in my head. All I was thinking about was that was, I think, the first time I saw and understood what a cross dresser was. Because he used to put on the high heels and sing, talking about bad, bad girls. Does anyone remember getting that film? Mum or dad got it for something. Yeah, it was on a video. video. A video, yeah, and I used to love it. Yes, absolutely epic film. But no, I think that's what I'd have said as well. Yeah, great shout. Nice. Out of Towners, what a, what a film that was. This podcast is brought to you in association with the Calverton Echo, bringing you the latest news on the village happenings and angry letters from pedestrians. Coming up at the end of this podcast, an exclusive new track from MC Blizzard. Stay tuned. So I've got some little quotes on here. So I was looking up, I was trying to do some research here on like what, what it means to be a mother and like just what the common characteristics are and there's different mixes of things in it. so I feel like I might just read a few of these out as we go along and just yeah. see what we think um <clears throat> but also I thought it'd be nice to start us off for, more formally with like um a bit of a definition if you like about what we're going to talk about today so the Cambridge Dictionary defines mother as um a substance that's used for making food or drink that's fermented broken down by bacteria and yeast that's kept from a previous occasion when the food or drink was made Sounds think, about right. Yeah, I think that's right. So with that in mind, I think we should start the podcast. So <laughs> that's a vinegar, a vinegar mother or a sourdough mother. Um no, there's there's a quote here. I'm so that, confused. that was sorry, that was meant to be a joke. That was I thought that was quite funny. That was too clever, Matt. 
Was that too? That went uh, over my head. Yeah. Sorry. It's, well, if you, know, you know, you buy like posh vinegar. It's got the mother at the bottom. Have you ever seen that? Oh, mum will get your mother. Yeah. And it's like a weird, like fungus thing. I'm not saying mum's yeah. a weird fungus. She's more. Well, I'm um, gonna finish that anyway. <laughs> okay, so here's here are two different ones. One's quite sweet, and one's probably a bit more realistic. And I feel like now some of us have got kids, and certainly one of us, George, um, is very familiar with kids. Um, I think we can all get this one. So th this, the first one, this is this is the sweet one. Most of all of the other beautiful things in life come by twos and threes, by dozens and hundreds. Plenty of roses, stars, sunsets, rainbows, brothers and sisters, aunts and cousins, but only one mother in the whole world. And that's by Kate Douglas Wiggin. And I think that's really true. Like, obviously, we've all got the same mum, but I think that's quite a nice, there's a nice message there. There's another quote. Well, here. actually you were adopted <laughs> no well, actually actually you i think you've been with maddie for so long that you just said mum did i yeah yeah you did well, it's your mum mum your mum well they say mum in birmingham so maybe i should start mom. saying that mum yeah they do okay i'm going to contrast that with another quote this one's from nora efron um and she says when your children are teenagers it's important to have a dog so that someone in the house is happy to see you so i don't know i mean obviously our kids aren't teenagers yet so maybe we can't identify with that yeah but. well i think i would take the ownership of being mum's probably most difficult teenager Are you mum's dog no mum's most difficult teenager and when i was in that phase she went out and bought a puppy so it makes <laughs> sense yeah and the minute i left home so did he yeah, I think you, you reached two, 20 and she got rid I of think, it. I feel like you two would definitely agree with this, but I, I like growing up, I feel like we've always, I think even before we were pro properly aware of it, we always knew we had like a really solid, great mum that compared comparatively with our friends. Like I know that my mum was always like the pinnacle of all of our friends' mums. Yeah, we always knew she was she was different from the other mums, and like that just that sounds like an insult, but just not. You got you got the sense. Oh, other people's mums don't don't do all this stuff yeah. and don't don't take all this interest and get involved in everything and put on the play yeah. schemes and all the rest of it. She's yeah. like like the mum boss. Yeah, um, like the boss at the end of like Sonic when you've defeated <laughs> all the other mums. When, all, when all, all the other bosses like come together and make like one mega boss. Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah that's that's one really good. One mega point. mom. She won't get that. She'll be like a boss. I'm not a manager. I'd be like, no, it doesn't mean that kind of boss. It means like the enemy that you have to defeat in a video game. <laughs> yeah, she won't get that either. We're not saying you're an enemy mum. It's just that uh, we've I've confused. A big figure, not big oh, i'm gonna stop yeah the pinnacle of mums <laughs> she's definitely yeah. not a big figure george calm down no yeah. i know she's a little one well she's the 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 apex mum shall we say she's like the top of the tree you know you have like the apex predator in like mm. a nature thing where it's like the lion is at the top and then everything else it's like mums mum, in the mum hierarchy she's she's at the top of that she's uh yeah for, I, for me in um she, she would fall like in Maslow's like hierarchy of needs, oh, she's yeah. like the bottom for me. She's like the the foundation. Yeah. Well, I think for all of us, like that's in my hierarchy of needs. Like yeah. that bottom layer of my triangle is just Irene. <laughs> just above that for me is spring water. And then <laughs> mum definitely is the bottom. Mummy or spring water. Yeah. <laughs> Don't make me choose, guys. <laughs> 
Well, surely the idea is you want to go to the spring water with mum. Like with mum, though, yeah. That's the dream. <laughs> yeah. Um, I feel like, the George, I definitely know this for you but and for myself, but I wonder if you're the same, Matt, but there were friends that growing up that I knew they talked to mum about stuff that they wouldn't talk to their own parents about. I remember yeah. Marcus um, told mum that he was gay, didn't he, before he told his own mum, and mum went with him to tell his own mum yeah i mean I, we all I, we all knew but i thought you're gonna say mum went with him to like gay and like went clubbing or something <laughs> she probably also did that <laughs> i don't think she did but i reckon she would have liked to yeah yeah i don't know with my mates it's different i, don't know why I, think... I said that in the past tense like she's not here <laughs> she would have liked to <laughs> I'll we'll take you to GAY if you want looking, to go. She's mom. looking down on us now, wishing she could go to GAY. You mean up at? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I think with me, I think the same thing was true, but it expressed itself in different ways. Because, like Nathan, like he was texting me this literally the other day. He was just saying, um, in fact, he, he was telling the story of getting mum to appear in the rap video that he was making for my thirtieth birthday. And one of the other, guys, I think it was Tony, had just said, like, "How did you get her to do that?" And he just goes, "Oh, I just texted her." hello mum I'm outside and I just thought that was so sweet that he was calling because Nathan's like you know he he he's he find it difficult to get close to people you know that, that's kind of who he is but he you know he spent every weekend at our house for like several mm. years when, when we were working at the springboard and mum was like a, another you know a second, second mum to him mom, yeah. and there's something about that like just just knowing she's there and even though they they only spent time together in that context it he got a huge sense of who she is and how how caring she was I'd literally you know written this so... down when I was making notes before and it says I put being a second mum to so many friends and the point underneath it says Nathan sleeping over every weekend and the one underneath says Claire and Hannah Lanzarotti. Do you, know what... said there. Do you know what's so funny just quickly going back to that um obviously because it came up as like the anniversary of the video yeah. Or did someone share the video? Not that Nathan long ago. Nathan just shared it. I don't think it's even the anniversary. It's yeah, my it's birthday, not because but... obviously it would have been near your birthday. But anyway, it came up not that long ago, didn't it? So, and obviously me and Mum are seeing each other so much at the moment with everything that's going on. She's the only person I've seen for the last twelve months. Ah, no, I'm only joking. Um, you know, Mum's but... gonna hear this, right? Yes, yeah, no, I just realised. Cut that bit out. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, but we were talking about that as well, and she was making me absolutely just howard laughter because she was just saying, like, she just got this random text. She was like in bed at Longay and just got this random text of like Nathan being like, Hey, I'm shooting a video, do you want to be in it? And she like jumped out of bed, and Chris was like, Where are you going, darling? And she's like, Going to be in the music video with Matt's friends. And he was like, Oh, where? She was like, Don't know, see you later, bye. Like, she, she didn't even ask any questions. She just was grabbed like, their baseball cap and pink paper jacket. <laughs> yeah, and like, right, I'm out the house. And she was like, But honestly, I've just always thought, like, I always just want to be involved in, I'm so interested in what my kids are doing and anything that involves them and like their friends. Like, I just always want to be the mum that like has maintained that and kept up with it and like just been able to like support it and I just think that kind of just shows just how she was the fact that she literally just jumped out of bed on like a Sunday Stop morning yeah you're doing that past tense just how she was oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> should we go mad when she hears this I'm not gonna kill you after you listen to the podcast don't worry <laughs> 
Well, the, well, the nice thing about the, just I won't spend too long on this, but on that on that video, Nathan was saying like he did the whole thing, and it's like it was literally I think it's the most I've ever laughed in my life. I was actually in pain at how much I was laughing, and, and I was laughing <laughs> from like the first few seconds just because it was like him walking around the square, and I was just laughing at, at the effort he'd gone to just to do that. So like when Mum appeared in like the final thirty seconds, it nearly killed me. I was just laughing, but <laughs> but Nathan does the whole thing in character, like completely straight faced, and he's like walking around the square and getting on the CC and going to school, but. Then there's a bit in the middle of it where at the end of the video, mum just turns to him and like does a fist bump and Nathan just loses it and starts laughing. And you could see it on the video. You could see him start cracking up and it's the only point in the whole thing that he breaks character. <laughs> and it's because mum outranked him like in terms of just dedication to the the, the concept. And he, he just couldn't handle it. And that, that's my favourite thing about it. Just that she was more in character than MC Scratch. That's so funny. That's brilliant. That She's like, mum will have gone in and got her like secret life checklist and just literally been like, <laughs> Having a party and worried it's going to get a little dry? Buy some Warburton's breadsticks. You can stand on a table and deep throat them for the entertainment of all of your guests. Um, so Matt, when I opened this document before of the notes that you've made and um, one of the first words that I read was <laughs> compassion. I was just quickly trying to be like in the middle of like feeding Noah, sorting the dog out, making lunch. And I was like, right, make some notes. And the first thing that I thought of when I read the word compassion was how compassionate mum must have been to deal with dad and to put on that absolute hilarious monthly shit show called DFS that dad remembered to do like three times. Where we basically just used to go to the cinema and then dad would get us a family bucket and then we'd go home. You can't, can you clarify a family bucket of what? A chicken from KFC. I mean, to be fair, I'd kill for like a KFC and a cinema trip right now. So, for, you know, fair play to dad. But no. Are you so when that are that... we? When are we? Are we giving this to mum on Mother's Day. Well, it turns out fast mat works. So she'll have already. She'll. Have, she will. will have already had Saturday night. I'm assuming by the time she gets this. But it's funny because I'm basically recreating by complete chance until you just said that. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. I'm going to show you now just for the banter, but I've bought my, I've bought a projector and a screen um, and I've made this. Let me, can you turn your camera around on this thing? Oh yeah, there you go. Oh, wow. What's that say? Wings, nachos, loaded potatoes. Oh my God. Yeah. So I'm, I've by complete chance I'm recreating GFS. You need to put, call it GFS. I know, I was just thinking that's so, so funny. funny. I'm my father's daughter. Oh so God, you, you put that. that you put that on the list, George. That sounds amazing, Kate. You put that on the list as compassion. So what was the compassionate aspect of it? I think she was just being like, just all of her sacrifices she made to make up for what Dad lacked. I feel like she was really like compassionate to him for also, like she. I remember getting back, in fact, I found one the other day, like an old Valentine's card that dad had sent me. Definitely, like, mum orchestrated it. And all the little things related to Christmas and getting our scrapbooks and the new pyjamas and all the little um, things we used to have as kids, the nature box and the dressing up box and I think box and all those things that we had as kids. Like, mum just did all of that for us because she's always just reiterated throughout like the 35 oh. how old are you Matt 48 <laughs> 35 years that she's 35. Been a parent. I'm 34 the, um, the, 
we are like the the center of everything for her so yeah she even i think and it's funny because the older you get you all know because you're old now but as the last one in their 20s the older you get <laughs> clinging on for a few more months yeah i am i'm making the most of these last few lockdown 20 months no month of 20s you know what i mean anyway um the older you get the more you like realize all of that kind of stuff like even and maybe this was just my opinion but even like the family holidays every year to france and stuff like it it's weird because i think obviously you guys had a, a bit of a different beginning to me and i don't really remember us not having like i know we never had loads of money but i don't remember it being really tough um but even then it was like i had no idea until a few years ago that those holidays were like nine pound fifty sun holidays and I always felt like, I think because like dad did the driving, he organised stuff. It was like, oh, dad's taking us on a big family holiday. But actually it was mum that like saved all them vouchers every week for months and months to get the discount for the holidays and sorted out all our holiday charts for us to earn a bit of spending money. Yeah, to get our holiday points. Bought us and matching outfits that gave us camel toes. That rolled up over. nipples. Rolled up over my fat belly. <laughs> yeah <laughs> but like it's just like everything she does and she, even now like she says that loads to me just like in general like chit chat conversation she'll just say like um when we reflect back on like the tough couple of years that I had and stuff and she just says like I feel so much better because as a parent you can only ever be as happy as your unhappiest child yeah because it doesn't matter how happy everyone else is if you've got one that isn't okay that's uh, like obviously difficult so I think even with the difficulty of lockdown and stuff now to see you guys like with your families and like growing and I'm in such a completely different space and feel so settled and positive and happy I think she's really like enjoying what we can obviously have live at the minute because all all of us are very content and happy it doesn't mean everything's great every day but we're all kind of getting to this really good place in our lives and for her this is like the best time but isn't it funny though because it's so full circle because one of the reasons that we're all doing okay is because we've got such good support like one of the things I know really helps me feel so grounded is knowing that mum and Chris just have our back and not financially and not because they've got a massive house but just because they are a very very unwavering force like I definitely feel that um and I think because mum is so solid as a parent it's meant that we're really solid as a as a trio you know look out we're different in so many ways but okay we've bickered over the years but I really it makes me feel so lucky when I think of other siblings and and what the bond that the three of us have and so much of that is down to you know how we were brought up and the foundations that we've got in place yeah and I think the stuff that they did with us when we were kids and the way mum <clears throat> in particular spent all the time with us I mean I know 
I know you, you two must be sick of hearing it. I'm bloody sick of hearing it. Sorry, mum. But like, you know, when it was what me being the firstborn, but like all those things. And she, you know, oh, the firstborn. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you know, like but all, <laughs> you know, like um, the big bit of cardboard that we were doing all the drawings on. You know, and I find myself doing stuff like that with Ted now, consciously mm. echoing things that I know mum did with me. But like, it's that investment that you put into your kids when when they're that age. And George, I know you've done the same thing with Romeo as well. Like, you, 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 when kids are so little that you know it. It, it costs you a certain amount of your time and your energy but it pays off you know so much more when they grow up and it's like you can see that in you know in ourselves and I think Kate's right like our relationship is part of that too like the fact that we're all so close is because we've been brought up to respect each other and like I'm so grateful every day to have grown up with you two but you know even when we did argue and stuff because I think that's just kids and you go through that because that's you know fucking hell being a teenager is shit isn't it but like it's 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 all that but the the general point of like us being a close family you know we always ate dinner at the table together always that you know we never sat in front of the telly you know things like that and it means so much and and it's only now that I'm on the other side of it I'm like god that that must have been really hard work for them and you know getting dinner on the table every night and all those things and it, it's the, the fundamentals but I think a lot of people skip that stuff now and just sort of think oh it, you know I'll just it's not important and we know it is and we know that because of mum and how hard she worked that was George. true you were definitely there by force reading your source bottles we were talking about that the other day George tell us tell the story about um I love it about that day when it had been torrential raining and um what when you and Matt picked me up yeah tell that story I love it I think it it had actually been snowing I don't think it had been raining I was still at St Wilfred's and you two were both at Sealy um, but I think you were only in year seven, Kate. Um, you weren't, neither of you were that old. Um, but you both came to pick me up from St. Wilfred's. And I'm pretty sure it had been snowing because I remember walking past um, James Seeley Park and at the beginning where the wall is low and there was snow on top of it. And I like ran my bare hands over it. I mean, we all know I've got a thing for snow, you know, trying to keep icicles in my pocket and getting upset when they melted to water. Um, so I've been trying to get that snow and I remember Matt saying to me don't do that you'll get frostbite when you get inside because the house will be really warm my hands will be really cold it'll only be warm if you kept that fire going Matt was it she like frostbite what are you talking about anyway so I was like then petrified so I was like trying to like warm my hands up before we got home and Matt um got us like in the house and was like right you go and get changed put something warm on and you I don't know if you remember this Matt you went out and got coal out of the bunker and like lit the fire for me and Kate and was like sit in front of it and then you proceeded to go to the kitchen and make an entire loaf of bread into eggy bread and bought a plate full of eggy bread into us and we all you waited and you waited until you'd made the entire loaf so all (laughs) the first pieces you made were just cold cold egg bread oh it's just so just such a lovely memory because you were really like parental to us that like it's just like the nurturing you must have just come out to look after your little sister that probably was copying something that mum would have done yeah a bit cack-handed but like the idea because that was always like you've been said about having friends come around it was like oh whoever wants to come over stay over you know in the morning we'll all have a bacon sandwich and a cup of tea yeah she definitely would have wouldn't have wasted a whole loaf of bread on three people when I was in year one I ran out of school. Steph Glover was like the most popular girl. I must, in fact, I wasn't in year one. I think I maybe was in year two. And Steph was like the most popular girl in our class. And we'd been really, really friendly that week. And I think it was on the Friday. 
And I'd said to her, and I knew I didn't need to check with mum, that wasn't a thing if someone wanted to come back and play or come for dinner. She was always so fine. And I said to Steph in school, do you want to come to my house for dinner tonight? And um, she was like, yeah. And I was like, oh my God, this is going to be life-changing. Obviously, I joined this class late. I had a Scouse accent. I was a bit bossy. So I didn't have loads of friends. You? <laughs> and uh, she'd said, yeah. So I ran out of school into the top playground and mum was there. Gave her a massive hug, and um, I was like, "Mom, Mom, can Steph love a cup of tea?" I've asked her, and she said, "Yeah." And Mum was like, "Oh yeah, definitely." So Mum walks over to Roger Glover in the playground, and she's like, "Oh Roger, I think Steph's going to come for dinner. If that's all right, can't you Bob or I will drop her back off later?" And he was like, "Oh yeah, that's fine." So Steph comes running over to her dad, and he's like, "Oh, you're going to go for dinner at Katie's?" And she just goes, "No, me and Mary are playing football with the boys." And just ran off. Just like I literally stood on that playground, bottom lip, trembling for about five minutes. Oh my god, that is so sad. Isn't I never it? knew that. Wait, wait, but is there like an ending to the story where <laughs> mum goes, Do you know what, Katie? You don't need Stephanie Glover. I'm gonna be your best friend and we're gonna play Barbie or whatever it was that you wanted yeah. to do. And, like, I didn't have any yeah. Barbies, but yeah, she probably did. Did she what, make your eggy bread? One particular sad occasion walking home from a similar scenario with mum. And um, we got to like We'd come through the Twitchell from like little lane and we started kicking a stone between us. No one said anything, but I just kicked this little pebble and then mum kicked it and we kicked it all the way home. Um, and about five minutes after we got home, I ran out and ran back down the road to find the stone we'd been kicking and I've still got it. Oh, <laughs> that's cute. Loser. Yeah, bit loserish, but cute. Do you hate your children? Send them to Sherbrooke Primary School. Sick of being stuck indoors from lockdown? Missing the real world? How'd you like the idea of pocket dogs? Use code IRENEKENNY29 for 10% off tickets to the exclusive Calverton Village Get Together. <laughs> no, I was just going to say I feel like I keep going back to food, but... Do you know what it was? It's because we were talking about it the other day. Because again, like I'd said, I don't think I like kind of grasped how not that we were like poor when we lived in Longay, but ha- that we just like like money was tight. So now I look money back too to tight to mention. Like as if you used to be able to feed like my dad and Matt, and like it was hard work. And she'd like talk about. Remember when she used to do like the Chinese night? No wonder we all love Chinese so much because I can probably remember this. And she'd do like two meats in like like maybe like a sweet and sour and a chow mein, and then she'd do like a big bowl of noodles and rice and stir fry on the table. And she'd oh sorry, I just lost my camera. And she'd um, she doesn't say there'd always be like nothing left for the next day because you and my dad would just always finish it off, and she just couldn't ever keep up with feeding you. And always then talks about the fact that you put them to raw gammon steaks. Right, I knew this was coming. Sandwich. <laughs> I nearly bought this up. I had them because one, how the fact that you didn't have to go to hospital, that She's you got had raw cast gammon. iron constitution. Well, mum would probably been banking on them for a dinner. Well, yeah, I think that she thought they were going to feed a couple of us for a couple <laughs> of nights. And Matt just had them as an after school snack. Just brilliant. Well. You know, sometimes when you're really hungry, you just need a nice slice of raw meat <laughs> to, <laughs> to see you through. 
Well, yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna throw in another another quote here. This is another one that I've had. Um, this is from Thomas Hardy, who I think Mum might be a fan of Tess of the D'Urbervilles. Although this is from far from not the magic. to be confused with Tom Hardy. No, she's probably a fan okay. of him as well, but it's a different yeah. different sort of thing. Um, and this is about a mother, and it says she was off the stuff of which great mothers are made. She was indispensable to high generation, hated at tea parties, feared in shops, and loved at crises. And I thought that was interesting. Now, I'm not saying mum was hated at tea parties necessarily, but I like the <laughs> idea of her being feared in shops a little bit because you don't want to get on the wrong side of Irene if you work at a restaurant, for example, Karen. and you've, you've brought out Karen. What? Karen, oh, are you saying she, that, she's... That, that white woman with the short, <laughs> sharp hairstyle that asked for the manager. Are you, are you suggesting that mum's a Karen? Georgie, what are those... <laughs> what are those Cut this out because she will be fuming <laughs> at that. She literally I mean, is always like, I'm not a Karen, am I? Like, no, but I think she was a little bit before Karen became so bad to be. She was, could be a bit of a well, Karen. Now, yeah, because now there's racist Karen, but before there was kind of speak to your manager Karen with the... Yeah. Which... Well, no, this is the thing. I wasn't going down that road. I don't think mum was a Karen. She might have had the hairstyle at one point, but I don't think she was a Karen in that sense. I just think it was like where other people would be like, oh, I'm not going to make a fuss. She'd be like, no, we're getting messed around. I'm not going to stand for this. Like, I remember we went for a meal somewhere in some pub in Birkenhead. It might have been um, near the one near Arrow Park Hospital. There's McDonald's. Some... <laughs> no, no was... I know what you mean. Um... It was one of those, like, carvery pubs. Like that it's like type a gastro place. pub. Yeah. yeah, and we went there and we got the food and it wasn't very good. And she actually complained about it and got it sorted. And, uh, you know, I think, yeah, fair play to her because I think I'm probably a bit too spineless to do that when I'm somewhere. I'll just be like, oh, no, it's fine. Let's just eat it. So uh, that was what I thought of when I read that quote. But feared in shops and loved at crises. Like, I think that's a really good thing as well. Mm. Like when something goes wrong, you want Irene there. You want her on your yeah. side. She'll, she'll know what to do. She'll support you. Even if she doesn't know what to do, you just want her to be there with you and, and part of it. So I, I quite like that. Yeah. Oh, my God. I it's am... called Arrow Park. Yeah, I thought it was wrong. I... The pub, yeah. I, I completely agree, Matt. Although when you said feared in shops, my first thought was not Faith. When she used to come into Faith to pick me up, oh my God, number one, the girls just loved her. But she just used to come in and she'd like, it'd actually been on acid. Once she bought, she'll, I bet she'll correct me on this when she listens to it. I'm sure she bought nine pairs of shoes in eight minutes. <laughs> Came in, they let her under the shutters because we were closing. And I think because she'd been allowed in, but like we were closing. Did she have to do it? Such a rush of adrenaline. <laughs> and she just went mental. She had like one shoe off, like 10 toes in another shoe. And oh my God. And she bought, bought like nine, nine pairs in eight minutes or something ridiculous. Wow. Was that giving you some sort of backhander? Do you get a bonus for sales? No, or I wish. No. I remember when she um, she used to come into New Look a lot, obviously, because she dropped me off and picked me up every day. Big up you, Mum. But she'd come in a lot of the time. I, I, I would be moving house, obviously. I rehomed a lot in my years at New Look. And she'd always bring me, like, stuff to do my house. Up. So she'd often turn up with, like, seven bags from Wilco's full of like pots and pans and ironing board like at the end of the day to take into whatever new flat I'd moved into in the city centre um and the girls just could never believe it and they just were like you're so posh aren't you like your mum's so posh like she's always bringing you stuff I was like we're not posh up on Birkenhead and they were like well what what's your mum's house like and I was like yeah it's just like a normal house like poor bed like 
attached to this house and they were like what your mum lives in a semi-detached house I was like yeah they were like oh my god she's so bad <laughs> I was like no it semi-detached not. it was detached yeah oh yeah sorry that's what I mean I've got it wrong they were like she doesn't live in a semi-detached house they were and because I, I didn't I don't think I knew what that meant because I was like 16 I or something when I joined. <laughs> yeah that's true Uh, when you said always good in a crisis do you feel like a hangover can count as a crisis if it's a really bad hangover because mum has been really good in a crisis one particular birthday when me and Georgina lived in the establishment flat my birthday no I think no it was my birthday the KFC no that's another one but she turned up before work to our flat morning of my birthday we'd obviously been out until disgusting o'clock the night before came bought fresh fruit croissants I proudly explained to her that I didn't like croissants I opened all my presents she left I went back to sleep woke up had no recollection of any of it and rang her in tears asking her why she hadn't been to see me on my birthday yet <laughs> right I've got a minute if we're taking the piss out of how I pronounce ma'am what's this croissants what the fuck's this you've been to France what's that pronunciation <laughs> Croissants. She lives like in Stockport now. Bonjour, Monsieur. Je vous appelle un croissant. Croissant. That's it. That's French. Croissant. No, you say it. Croissant. <laughs> oh my croissant? God! I made my bum hold up. When I when I walk into my local artisan baker, I say, oh, "Good morning. God. Could I have two croissants?" Yeah, well, they'd laugh you at you just like said croissant. You... No, I they'd didn't. They'd laugh at you like a twat if you did that in the co-op. So. Well, nah, I wouldn't I'm get a croissant from the co-op. I'm challenging well, this behaviour. You just said that you say it like this, croissant, and then you said, oh, can I have two croissants? I didn't say croissant, like you said. Anyway. Um, um, I was, no, I was... can I, we just go back to that, because I, I've got to add to that story that Kate just told, because mum really is the MVP when it comes to dealing with like hangover stuff. Because I remember her coming the day after my birthday. We lived in Steve's old house on Birkin Avenue. There was probably about 30 people asleep. What? Oh, Kate's got the Google Doc open and she's just written croissant with a K and a W. Oh, you idiot. Now you've interrupted my flow. Sorry, Josh. Um, There's probably about 30 different people asleep in the house. Bodies just everywhere. And she turned up with about five bags of KFC. And I, I, there was a knock at the door and I was literally like, oh, I can't speak to anyone. Like, I'm so hungover. I opened the door and I was so pleased to see her. But I was also just like, I haven't got the energy for this. And she literally just went, I'm not coming in. And she just handed the KFC bags over and was like, I'll ring you later. I love you. And shut the door. And it was the best feeling ever to just be like, I haven't got to speak to anyone. And I've got five <laughs> bags of KFC. Yeah. That's your dream. Just, I've got a hangover. I don't want to speak to my mum. Yeah. just wanted to be a conduit for chicken. Yep, all day, every day. Well, more, more, a slightly more uh, sober uh, reflection on that. But like in terms of being good in a crisis, um, you know, just after Ted was born, he was five days old and we just got told that he, he had his, uh, he was weighed and we were told that he'd lost 15% of his, of his birth weight and he, he needed to get back into hospital. And, you know, we were already like, like zombies just you know we hadn't slept we were just a mess um just in bits really and you know maddie just turned to me and was like we need your mum and and she phoned mum like there and then and basically just kind of sobbed down the phone to her like we need you can can you come and you know mum was on the next train to birmingham 
and she she came she came to the hospital i think i texted her like a sort of shopping list of things that we needed like bottles and uh, formula and all these different things and then she just went and got it all just turned up at the hospital and for five days she was just there with us in this hospital ward and we got moved into some bigger room and she was able to come into there with us and she even like I even got to go home and like go for a shower and like sort myself out sort the house out while mum stayed with Maddie and just kind of unteared as well and just nursed us all through that process and like it really did give us the confidence to go back home and sort of start again if you like after the first five days just being in a you know in a complete just just loop because that's what it's like but in that first five days I think she'd had a pair of a spare pair of knickers in a handbag at any given time and a toothbrush so that wherever she was if you'd messaged she was just gone I was with her when she got that phone call and she literally was just like right drop everything I need to pack she was like you look what time the next train is I'm going to pack my backpack. And I think she secretly already had it packed under her bed. <laughs> I mean, I hope so. Because I'm... I'm sure she said she had knickers in her, in her bag. Yeah, I think so she probably did she say that wherever she was, she could just come if you needed her. I mean, I'm slightly worried now she was wearing the same knickers for four days then just because she had that one pair. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, but that, that's the sort of person that she is that we knew we could just just call on her and and she was just there. She you know she just came and and, yeah. and, th- and then as you say, George, maybe with less chicken, but then she just left. Like once she, we were back at the house and we were okay and Ted was okay, she just sort of disappeared again. She was just like, right, I'll leave you to it, and just kind of melted away. And it was just this amazing. It was like like a guardian angel had just kind of dropped in and made sure we were okay, and then then left us to it. It was perfect. Do you think Mum might be Mary Poppins? I mean. <gasps> Irene Andrews, Julie Andrews, there's something there, isn't there? Do you know what's mad just on you telling that story? And I'm sure, obviously, Kate could also, like, say the exact same thing in terms of her birth with Noah and how she was with you guys. Um, But even outside of the family, when Marnie had Kobe and she had a really trying birth, was in the hospital for days, um, and he finally arrived by emergency C-section and he wasn't well, Marnie wasn't well. But Marnie rang me and was like, please, can you come to the hospital to see me? Like, I really need to see you. Blah, blah. So I said to my mum, will you take me up? I need to go and see her. She, she's like crying on the phone. Straight away, mum was like, yeah, whatever you need, like, I'll take you now. Um, and so she did. We went up there and she was like, I'll just wait in the car. And I literally went to get out of the car and Marnie texted me and was like, your mum's coming, isn't she? Like, I need to see her. Um, and mum was like, no, I can't go in. She doesn't know. I was like, mum, she's asking for you. And it's just that that's how mum is, like we were saying, with all of our friends. Like, even on the day, like, my best friend gave birth to her son, she was saying, no, please come, please come and meet him. And she did, and she got the whole Kobe. And, like, it was so nice. But, like, she just will drop anything, everything for anyone that, like, means something to her or to one of us because that's so important to her there's a Roald Dahl quote isn't it isn't there where it says um let me just quickly find it because I don't want to misquote it I think it goes um, (laughs) I've got a lovely message for you if you have good thoughts they will shine out of your face like sunbeams and you will always look lovely that is mum isn't it is mum and I think because of things like you've just said George stories like that good things happen to people who really deserve it and just reflecting back on when Noah was born obviously because of the pandemic 
the rules in the hospital were really strict relating to when James would be allowed in. So if we'd have gone into hospital before I was in established labour, he wouldn't have been allowed in at all for however long that went on until we were in established labour and then they would have let him in and all of that. And he could, we could only have James in and he could only be there eight till eight. But on the day that Noah was born, on the Monday morning, um, he was born at eight o'clock, so around like 11 o'clock-ish. And we've been in since the Sunday morning, so James was utterly exhausted. And um, I think James spoke to somebody, someone and said, can we swap out? Can Kate's mum come for a couple of hours while I go and get some sleep? And whoever it was that James spoke to said, yeah. So I was still like high as a kite. And we spoke to mum and said that she could come. And she was very, very relaxed on the phone. I think she, George was with her. I think she was like just so relieved to get in. And, and she wasn't him. relaxed. Yeah. So we were sort of arranged what time this would be. And James left. And about five minutes later, mum turned up, popped up outside and went to come in. And it was like Fort Knox trying to get in and out of the hospital. And she got stopped and asked who she was. And they said, I'm sorry, but you can't come in. It's only the one same visitor and mum later on in fact quite recently has only started to film me in on the blanks and she said she just lost it she started crying and she said there's no way that my daughter's husband will have left if he didn't think I could come in anyway they because I think she was they could tell she was prepared to make a scene they let her come up to the room and um and she came in and I'll never forget lying in the in the bed in, in the massive room. And she came in and she was just, I, I could tell she wasn't okay. But I didn't, obviously didn't know all of this had happened and she was really shaken up and really, really upset. But she was like trying to be normal. And but I was obviously still just a bit out of it. And she came over to me and I'm thinking, there's this like absolute trophy prize, Felicia Beacon of the world in this little cot next to me I'm thinking why are you coming to me like look what's in there and I was saying to her mom hold my baby and she's like you're my baby and I'm like yeah but mom that's my baby anyway my point is that um she should never have been allowed in nobody was allowed their mom in during that time <laughs> for some miracle she got to be there and it, it was so important to me that my mum got to meet my baby the day that my baby came into the world. It was just something that I really wanted. And it, it, we, it, we've got it, like by, by some luck, like, you know, we got it. So I think all the things that mum has done and will do for people that she cares about, like the world does good things to good people. I think, I don't know if it was luck or the wrath of Irene Andrews. Kenny. Kenny, yes. <laughs> well, no, I think I don't think there's a wrath of Irene Kenny like a wrath of Irene Andrews. Yeah, that's I think true. that's what came out, or even Irene Cropper, maybe. Yeah. But I remember her coming back and saying, um, because obviously I was in the hotel room. I remember her coming back. I think the next day, because did she stay with you that first night? I can't remember. But yeah, she when just she came, came for a few hours, when that's it, and when she came back, and she said that she said to them like no one is looking after in fact this might have been when she did this come to start the, saying yeah stay and she said everyone is looking after that baby no one is looking after my baby 
so I'm going to be here to do it because no one else is and I just think the hospital shit themselves and we're like okay you can come in (laughs) yeah she is small but she is mighty I think one thing I want us to to make sure we talk about tonight is like I think it's really nice talking about mum as a mum you know as our as our mother and even as the surrogate mother to all these other kids uh, all our friends and even you know a grandmother as well to to our kids and even to our our friends kids as well and that's all cool but that I think the the risk of that is like it it puts her in in relation it like it defines her in relation to other people like she's our mum she's doing all these great things for us and she does and that's like a huge part of her but I think it'd be doing her a disservice to not just talk about who she is for herself as her own person, independent of being our mum or our friend's friend or, or, you know, a wife or a sister, because she is all those things, but she's also got so much of her own person and the things that she does. And I think that's the thing that, that like the older I get, the more inspired and impressed I am with it. So the thing I'm thinking of is like a couple of years ago, you know, she was, the chief exec of a of a charity you know like really difficult circumstances like, I mean that is an incredible thing to do just anyway because it's so hard and especially in that sector because there's no money and you're trying to constantly have to you know turn on the charm and like do be very charismatic which are things that mum is really good at but it's still a really hard thing but then you know she had a tough time in that job and wasn't given the right support and was kind of also, battling all these people and as a big communicator as well and going into a deaf charity yeah. where lots of the staff are deaf and you don't know BSL and yet you're just learning to be a CEO learning about this new job learning to communicate with people like yeah I mean incredible like other people would look at that challenge and go do you know what I can't bring myself to do that but mum just picked that up and that that's the thing I want to talk about really is about picking up those things for herself and for her own drive and ambition not because it was something selfless to do for others which she does do an incredible amount of but because she's got that herself and then not long after she finished at that job she did her master's degree and like what what an incredible thing to have done not many people can turn around and say their mum went back to uni and got a master's yeah um I don't want to quote the age because I don't know but in their 50s but also alongside doing the master's she moved out to Qatar to support Chris and started trying to you know figure out stuff out there whilst also supporting us guys with everything that was going on here and also, Matt, just to take us back 20 years, we were talking about this just yesterday with mum. She set up the play scheme because there was something happening that the church was supporting in the village. And it was a load, it was like 20 rich kids going on a trip on a bus in the summer holidays. And she challenged Roy Catchpole and said, this isn't outreach, this isn't supporting the children, the families in this village that really need it all those families live in the other end of the village and don't even know that this is going on. And just single-handedly, just managed to rally around people, get them on board, get businesses to listen, get funding, get support, and delivered the Howard and Community Arts Festival event. And this is a, a kid from, from Birkenhead, one of 10 siblings who, um, who, you know, met a 28-year-old Bobby Andrews, had a few kids, moved to a tiny little village a few hours away from home and then just started to like shape things up and change people's lives I mean you've mentioned the play scheme there I don't know if any of you can remember what the the slogan was that the, they had at the play scheme that mum came up with I think we can all remember let's go one line at a time I'll start be fair take care have fun Yay. why did Matt get the good line 
Well, I'm I the oldest. I don't know. Sorry. If we were to rebrand that for Ivy and Andrews. Can you think of fair something? Fair hair. She's rare. Ah, uh, mum. <laughs> sorry, I forgot it. I couldn't <laughs> join. Sorry, so what is it? Fair hair. She's rare. Ah, uh, mum. <laughs> Jamie Fletcher's on deck. Sorry, mum. This edition of Mum's the Word is brought to you by the following sponsor. Is your car frozen? Are you trying to cook a complicated meal? Then you need the fish slice. Defrost your car and damage the windscreen at the same time. Call now, only $14.99. Oscar's Calvadon, the village's very own Michelin star restaurant. Enjoy favourites such as rare pigeon. Look fresh from Calverton Square on a Monday and serve to you still squawking. One of the other things, because just because you were talking about like a career and stuff like that, and I always think to myself, I want to sit down with mum and like either like write this down or like just like record her or just ask her about it and get the information stored. It's like her kind of career pre having us and like in Liverpool, because often she'll talk about remembering like working um, over in Liverpool and like we might occasionally when I'm back there like drive up a street and she'll say oh god I used to walk down here on my lunch break where she'd work somewhere and she used to smoke back then so she said oh I used to walk down here with go for a cigarette on my lunch and sometimes meet your dad and like that kind of stuff and I like literally always forget that she like worked in insurance and we were watching we were watching something the other day and a guy like um oh the film we watched on international women's day and when the guy sat down in his office and put his feet up with a cigarette and she was like god smoking in offices like she's our mum but she was like even before she was Irene Andrews she was Irene Cropper and she had all these other jobs and she's just I think always been such a like kind of out there person I want to talk to her about all of those things I must admit, Matt, when you started this little um, like entry about mum being something other than mum or beyond mum, I find it, I do find it hard because just, I can only speak for myself, but she's so ferociously, dynamically, massively mum it's like it's such the biggest, biggest thing in the world to me to try and put that to one side to consider her being anything else. It doesn't come naturally. It's not that I can't do it or anything like that, but it definitely feels really like I have to really make an effort to like park that because it's she's small but she is mighty like she's such a a force so it is really strange it is but that's why I think it's so fascinating the fact that she was like I I look at mum now who can still I was gonna say keep up with us but usually out drink most of us and life and soul of the party and just think she was a teenager at some point doing that and it actually the other night (laughs) a few years ago no, but like we were sat the other night um, when I was texting you, Kate, trying to remember the name of that pub in Birkenhead for so long. We ended up Googling me and her. We were a bit pissed on the sofa and we Googled like ancient pubs of Birkenhead. 
which Birkenhead must be the only area you can search that and there's a li literal website with the history of pubs of Birkenhead like gone and forgotten RIP to all those lovely pubs and um, but we started going through this list and I was looking for one specific pub for a memory with my dad and it actually ended up evoking loads of memories of my mom of like places she used to drink when she was younger loads of places my granddad used to drink in obviously the orb where she worked but she would be like oh my goodness on a Saturday night we used to go there then we'd go to so-and-so and then we'd meet everyone at this place and she just like had this whole other life before us and I think it's so fascinating she told me about a time she won tickets to go and see Earth, Wind and Fire but it wasn't in Liverpool and she didn't tell her mum she was going. She was only about 15 or 16 and they got on a coach with no coach fare home to like, it was that like Leeds or somewhere. She's trying to ring me now. <laughs> Sorry, mum, can't answer. We're recording you a podcast. Like Leeds or somewhere. And they went to this Earth, Wind and Fire concert and then managed to get back to Liverpool. But they didn't know how when they were going. Didn't I just think also it's steal one of her sister's dresses, Auntie Wendy, for that gig because she said to, well, Auntie Wendy doesn't go anywhere, so she's never going to be able to wear it because she never goes out. So the dress at least deserves a night out and she nicked their new outfit. But Georgina, whilst you're um, talking about you and pubs and Birkenhead, you and me have both been disgustingly drunk in pubs in Birkenhead. And this brings me to a quote that Matt's written, which is from Roald Dahl's Matilda. It's a funny thing about mothers, even when their own child is the most disgusting little blister you could ever imagine, they still think that he or she is wonderful. That is very true. We and we've definitely been blisters. disgusting little blisters. Yeah. yeah, I would 100% agree. Guys, I feel like because we're talking about Birkenhead, we've just got to pay, pay some homage to Nanny Cropper. I was just going to say that I was yeah. just, I was reflecting even just as you were talking about mum being Irene Cropper you know before we were born and before she met dad and just thinking about like we're having all this reflection on on our mum and the way she's brought us together as, as siblings and our, and our family and our friends but thinking she must look at her mum and have the same sorts of reflections and obviously Nan was doing that under like such difficult circumstances that you can't even really begin to imagine in, in today's day and age but yeah like I'm sure mum would say that a huge part of who she is as a person comes from from Nanny Cropper and like all the the values that she's set down and it is quite nice even for myself like seeing some of that from Nan like in me and I'm sure you're both the same I'm sure you have things that you see and think oh that's a bit like Nan or you know like it, it's quite sweet to have those things and feel like we're part of that that chain stretching down and and mm. now we've got kids of our own you can kind of imagine passing even though those kids will never meet Nan but like we'll talk about it about about her to them and mm. like and we're part of that legend and I think mum is in that same spot even after she's gone our grandkids will be talking about her and telling their kids about her and stuff like that even the ones who never met her and that's quite special I think. Matt the um the amazing birthday quiz that you did for mum where you did about you did all the songs and one of the songs was the train whistle blowing makes a sleepy noise the mum and her sisters have got memories of Nanny Cropper singing that to them. And I remember mum singing that song to me when I was little. And I, in turn, on the day that Noah was born and he was in the crib next to me and James had left, the first song in his life that I ever sang to him was that song. 
Um, and it wasn't even, I, wasn't, I didn't plan it, it wasn't intentional, but it is just like that comforting childhood lullaby that I remember that mum remembers that hopefully he'll rem remember. And Sorry, I'm just looking it up. I think it was Morning Town Ride by the yeah. Seekers. Is that the one? Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Um, it can just take you straight back to that that period. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, I made a note before of some really funny stories that just get me right in the heartstrings from when mum was little. Like, what a adorable but unfortunate child. And I'm not talking about the fact that she was poor or, you know, had no hair. But um, some of the stories she tells of when just like really unfortunate things happened to her. So a couple of my particular favourites are when um, Nanny Cropper was in hospital for like the umpteenth time. Mum was convinced that she was going to die because she was just always in and out of hospital. And um, she'd been sent by, I think her dad had told her to go and visit her, her mum. And she'd taken some pennies that she had and she'd been and she'd bought Nanny Croppers a bag of mint imperials from the shop. And the Liverpool Women's Hospital was up loads and loads of stone steps outside. And as she was walking up to go and see Nan, I think she said she was a bit, she was a bit nervous. She'd been gripping the bag. Gripping the bag. She'd twisted the, they twisted the top of the paper bag with the mint imperials in and a sweaty little palm made a, made the whole bottom of the paper bag wet and when she got to the top she moved her hand from underneath it and the bottom of the bag fell and all these mint imperials just went cascading clattering down all the steps of the Liverpool Women's Hospital and just absolutely bereft she had to go in empty-handed crying sniveling snotty little thin-haired mess and then um, she went up to Nanny Cropper's hospital bed and um, she was crying, what, and I'm, what's wrong, what's wrong, love? And mum's crying, explaining to her that she's just dropped all that mint imperials. And Nan, just short and sharp, tells her to like wipe her nose. She opens up a magazine, rips out a uh, free sample of like shampoo and conditioner. And she's like, yeah, love, don't give that to Mrs. Jones over in that bed. She hasn't had any, she hasn't had any visitors. Go and sit with her for a bit. And when you're spoken to her, go and sit with Mrs. Smith over there. She hasn't had anyone to come and see her for two days. I'm just sent mum off. So funny. But um, one of my favourites, which this story's only come to light recently, I don't Matt, you probably haven't even heard it because mum only told um, me and Kate the other day over FaceTime. <laughs> And it is the best story I've ever heard. In fact, it, I think it came up because basically I've been, I've got a really like sore knee. In fact, Matt, down to you from when you threw me down the stairs that Christmas. It's the same knee. When did I throw so, you down the stairs at Christmas? Years ago, you did. Pre-Ted. Anyway. Yeah, I pre-Ted. He was about 16. We were messing around. It was like spring like a cat and then you knocked me and I fell down the stairs. Anyway, whatever. I've... I didn't go to the physio that they made me, they wanted me to go to. So I'm now having, I've got this like creaky knee. It's weird. I went to walk up and down the stairs. Um, it really got like, cracks and creaks. Anyway, so mum came to mind the other day and I said to her, just listen to this when I walk because it's only up and down the stairs. There's no pain. It just makes this noise. So we got to the top of the stairs and she was like, God, yeah, I can hear it. And I was like, what is it? She was like, you know what that is, don't you? I said, what? She said, that's Tommy Cropper knee. <laughs> I said what do you mean she said your granddad had that 
said we could always hear your granddad coming up the stairs because we'd hear his knee and we'd all know my dad's coming my dad's coming so then she told she went on to tell us that um they used to play this game Kate, can you remember what she said it was called Cleopatra. Cleopatra yeah I thought it was so I was like oh that sounds fun like what was it and she was like oh basically we'd all go up into like one of the main bedrooms in the house I'm saying that like the house was big it was like a two-bedroom house for ten of them <laughs> you know go up to the bedroom and the game was they'd all roll whoever's turn it was to be Cleopatra would get rolled up in like a monkey rug off the floor and they'd roll them up and like spin the rug and when it was the person I don't even know how they knew they, would, when it was the they person. would dance around the other seven sisters would dance around the one sister who's rolled up in the rug rolled up in the rug and then when it was time, I'm not quite sure how they knew, the sister that was in the rug would unroll and the whole point of the game was they'd unroll to the end and then go, ta-da, when they'd unrolled and that was the game. But they were playing it this one particular day and my mum finally got the turn to be Cleopatra and we all know how much she loves to be a star of the show. So she was like ready for a big moment, got rolled up in the monkey um, rug, and then they heard Tommy Cropper coming up the stairs because they heard his knee. And because he was a bit miserable <laughs> with them all, he was like, um, they were like, quick, put Irene under the bed, put Irene under the bed. So they just shoved the rolled up rug under the, the bed. rug under the bed, didn't they? <laughs> and my, my granddad came in and was like, right, what you're doing in here? And he was like, head count, basically. He was like, checking them all. He was like, who's missing? And he was like, where's our Irene? And my mum took that moment to unravel out of the rug from under the bed and just go, ta-da! And <laughs> 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 you just think, what in the hell games were you playing? But yeah, obviously Jesus have... Christ, how shit were the 70s? Like, that's what also, you... is that not <laughs> no just No wonder they all took can... drugs. <laughs> that is just mum who can roll out of a dusty old rug from underneath her bed and say, ta-da! I, I could literally... waiting. I could literally imagine her doing that today, right now. Honestly, yeah. I'm going to get her a rug for Mother's Day. <laughs> yeah. Next time we're all together, let's say, Mum, let's play Cleopatra and just get roll her up in a rug and <laughs> shove yeah. her into a bed. In turn to that, I also said to Mum, that's like the equivalent of when Matt would like every once in a blue moon when he was a teenager want to talk to me and Kate and he would like be like, come into my room to play a game and you'd go because you'd be too scared to not go because he was so stiff. <laughs> And then me and Kate were so desperate to just play with him that we'd be like, okay, what are we playing? And he'd play the, the old lady and the frog or something weird. And Matt just played this old lady who just used to lay asleep on his bed, basically. And me and hey, Kate just used to like sit next to him and weren't allowed to touch anything. I, I play a similar game with Ted now where it's just called Sleeping Lions and I lie on the floor and just sleep and then <laughs> don't know what he does, but I enjoy it. If we've, talk, we've talked a lot about um, like all of our memories of mum and qualities and things like that, but obviously this is a bit of a homage to mum. So this, I'm going to put you on the spot and myself on the spot here, but for the next part of our lives, which, oh my God, guys, I just cannot wait to just spend constantly glued to all of you lot. Um, but for this next chapter with us all getting more embedded in adulthood and everything that comes with it, what if you had one wish for mum or like one like amazing thing that you would want to do with her? Like looking forward, what would that be? Well, good question. 
Oh, that's easy for me. Go on. To see a be a grandparent to my babies, just because oh, it's amazing yeah. to see that for you guys. But like, obviously, we all have our own like unique and close bond with mum, and I just can't wait for that. Like, that's just like, that's just the it, isn't it? That's just yeah. the ultimate goal. I think as well because we know what kind of a mum she is, and like grandmas are magic aren't they we know that from our grandmas so mm. it's just like that's mm. like the the best thing in life so f- follow that <laughs> well i mean it's funny because the last 12 months have kind of changed all of all of my standards for stuff like that whereas at this point like the idea of just all being in the same room together is is just like an incredible amazing fantasy let alone anything beyond that but to try and be more objective about it I think I would actually get a lot of pleasure from from what George just described, like as in for George, like you know, seeing Aww. that, or like or seeing Mum with Noah, like obviously with Ted as well, but seeing her hold your children and, and even just you, like to, just to have to, to all be together and to to see the next generation. Because I think the grandparent thing must be the best thing because it's like all the good bits of parenting but none of the difficult bits (laughs) so and and you must feel by the time you've brought kids to the age where they've got their own kids you must feel like you've earned the right to do that so I think seeing her yeah be a grandma and have that relationship with you know with uh with our kids is great I mean no word of a lie I pulled up in outside the house in the car with Ted today pick him up from nursery and just as we got outside the house he just went see see nanny see nanny really excited and I was like oh well we'll see and I hadn't been talking about her or mentioned her in any way like he just he just thought of her maybe because we were just outside the house and he's obviously like seen her in the house not that long ago so like more of that just having that kind of thing is going to be amazing but Anna. I can see you two just tearing up now but to be to, to try and be a bit more like okay like what would be an amazing thing I think travel because I was really lucky I know you guys did all your trips with mum as well and then I got to go on that trip to Europe with mum and you know I don't need to rehash <laughs> all the stories here about us basically yeah, going did. on like an 18 to 30s holiday like with my mum you know but so, no, it's like it's like the in-betweeners and <laughs> It's like the In Betweeners movie and um, Four in a Bed, like Clash. Yeah, it was definitely, <laughs> it probably could have been a film. And I don't know what, in retrospect, I don't know what everybody else thought of me bringing my mum on a, on a trip like that. But also, or her you know, bringing you. Yeah, well, yeah. But also, you all know, you know mum enough <sighs> oh. that you can you can totally get what it was like and how how good it was. Having yeah, her. I think you cramped mum's style more than she cramped yeah. yours. <laughs> Absolutely, definitely. But Matt, we was... all, our version of that was us all shitting ourselves in Egypt. So you won. Um, do not bring me into that because I did not poop. <laughs> well, I did, but of a normal way and time. <laughs> not like you two. Anyway, before we go on to that, because we're going to talk about that, can you tell us yours, Kate? Hang on, Matt was still finishing. Oh, oh sorry. sorry. Yeah. All I was, was going to say was like that trip was a really special time um, for me. And it was the first time I'd gone to Europe and like seen all of the like historical things and cultural things that I was interested in. And it was great that, that mum was there with me for that. So I'd love to do that again, just pick a place that none of us have been to and just go and explore it and, and just have that that experience together. Can I just earmark this as that I want us all, no compromise or questions, to go to Disneyland Florida because it's got Jurassic World and all those other places, just amazing. If you're but, paying, yeah. But you're pay. gonna you're gonna have to wait until I've had kids and they're of an age where they'll enjoy it. So you've got a while. Okay. With Mum and Krista, my friends did that a couple of years ago. Went with like all their little ones and the pet, and they went. 
we didn't go to the park every day because you can stay at a separate resort but just like it literally looked like the most amazing family holiday just so much fun and memories that just can't be recreated for you G okay thanks um I I'm in total agreement with all the things that you've said and it made me feel emotional even thinking about you got emotional (laughs) Georgina's overtaking me with the emotionalness now but but another it just if we're trying to think slightly differently something that I really want for mum I want for her to when I say be able to it's not that she's not able to now but to mm, find her, her her passion her hobby you know all these things that she's so fantastic at like cake baking and floral decoration and all this kind of stuff and find something that she adores her zest and be able to do that for herself as some sort of part-time relaxed enjoyable job that just that she just really enjoys you know this is James was saying to me um before about we're talking about International Women's Day and we were talking about entrepreneurial women and stuff like that. And I was saying to him about how mom literally has just grafted and grafted and grafted and grafted. And I think for 10 years, she got a promotion every year. And, you know, when mom and dad separated and she had to keep the house and while trying to keep me and George in check and all of that. And the thought that she could, you know, she wouldn't doesn't have to work if she doesn't want to, but to find something that she's so passionate about without the pressure and to do that in a way that she would really enjoy. Like, I really want that for her. That's really nice. I would um, second that. I know we were all meant to just have one, but I just was thinking about it when you were all talking. It's not really like a, a wish for the future, but more so just to be able to sit back now and watch her really enjoy her life. And I feel like, maybe more so than you guys because of how much time I've spent in close proximity with her over the last 12 months and not really anyone else. I think she's been able to really appreciate the life that she's got now, like her and Chris finally being together um, after obviously his his time working away. I was going to just say away, but that would sound like he was in prison. (laughs) But his time working away... um, And obviously we all know better than anyone, like the years of stuff that she's gone through um, and like struggles and worries. And like, she doesn't have all of that now. She's in such a happy, loving marriage. And I I think I can speak for all of us and say like, that's so special. And I don't worry about my mum now. Like, obviously like after Steve passed away, like that was such a worry, like, you're not going to find something like that again like we've had a big long relationship with my dad then that and actually like such a blessing that she was able to meet Chris and they've got what they've got and now they're building this amazing home together that we're going to get to see all of our kids grow up not permanently but grow up in over the years with their grandparents and for her to just really live life and just enjoy it because she's like you said Kate she's worked so hard for so long like I just genuinely would struggle to find anyone that deserves it more than her to just enjoy her time you just um inspired me George to find 
a small quotation of that thing that Nanny Cropper wrote um, to mum. Okay, no electric in the house, no bathroom, toilet down the bottom of the yard and slept five to a bed. But they never went to bed hungry or cold. Why? Because there was without a doubt a great deal of laughter that came from the bedrooms and a great abundance of love within the whole house. Other children came just to share what we had. And do you not feel like you could be reading that and about mum? Yeah. And that's what I meant before. Like that's I think we're reflecting on this on on mum and what she brought to our lives. But sorry, it's it's past tense again. But I mean, you know, (laughs) when we were kids. But well, and today, but I mean like thinking of those formative years. And I think, yeah, she was probably having that same reflection on what her mum was saying there. And she's just doing the same thing. And hopefully, you know, we will pass that on to our kids as well and those those values. And I think that's that's really powerful. Like that's that's so important to me because I, I like I'm such a loyal person and like my like I don't know how to describe what I mean my friendships I don't I know a lot of people but I don't have loads of really friends really close friends but I've got a group of really solid friends that are like my family and they in turn have all got their own independent relationships with my mom like Hannah's a prime example she grew up in our house like pretty much she was there all of the time um, from when we were like 11 years old Han and my mum have just got a completely separate bond to me and even now with Romeo like she just we went for a walk this after this evening just before we came back to film this and she was like oh I need to nip to Hannah's I was like oh what for she was like oh, I've printed Romeo's homework off for him like she messaged me the other day so that like, she dropped it off Ryan was outside fixing something and then we got about two houses up and out comes Romeo running up the road Irene I he's not bothered about me anymore Irene and he comes running up with his little Nintendo switch and he's like thank you for my homework and they're just having their own little conversation I didn't even get a hello for the first two minutes it's like um, Mero Mero's the same um I messaged the girls and said we were doing this and Mero messaged back straight away and reminded me I think I must have been really drunk because I've not got massive memories of this, but we were in the Rodney, not horror. Obviously, the Rodney had to get a mention in the podcast about Irene. Um, but apparently, Mero's mum, Wendy, and all of the Merrington clan were all out, and we were out with mum. And apparently, we got into a big sing-off. The Merringtons are really into Meatloaf. We're really into Dolly. And apparently, mum was singing Dolly Parton hits. But in fact, let me just play the voice note from Mero. And my mom, when we was all in the Rodney, literally having a Dolly Parton and Meatloaf song off, and we were all like literally so many of us all singing and having drinks, and it was all merry. It was just such a good day and good night, but it was a really good giggle. My mom was like seeing Meatloaf, and your mom was like, Dolly. Oh my God, those were the days. That was such a good night. Sarah, I'll definitely don't mention that in there because of the <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> again, I like the fact that there's like she's like, oh, those are such good days. It's like again, I could imagine that happening like tonight, tomorrow. Yeah. You know, like it's yeah. That sounds... So one of the notes I put in this is about how Irene goes so hard the night before a big occasion. She ruins oh, it for herself. <laughs> and like um can I just say this needs to be some sort of like quote in there 
pat my back. <laughs> Do you know what? She's not done a pat my back for a long time. A long, unless Chris is lying, which he probably is because he always covers up for her. George, reel off a few of the occasions where mum's gone so hard the night before she's ruined the actual event. Well, there was not Christmas 2020, but Christmas 2019, Ted's first Christmas, actually. And mum was so hungover, I was having to force feed her full fat Coke at the table at the bridge because she couldn't eat her dinner. So I was trying to help her eat it for her so that she didn't look like she'd spent like 90 quid on a Christmas dinner and not touched it. Um what else was there? A birthday when we arranged the afternoon tea. And oh, Mary yeah, Tina so came we up. arranged this gorgeous afternoon tea. We went and picked loads of stuff up. Um, and she'd got absolutely steaming the night before she was hanging. And we, we, were trying to get her, we were trying to get her out the house to get everything set up for the afternoon tea. And she was, like, refusing to go to the pub because she was so hungover. But we were like, you're going to ruin your own birthday surprise because you need to be out the house. Spice Girls, we got so drunk that she was saying that she wouldn't come to Bottomless Brunch the next day. Yeah, that's true, she did. I mean, at Spice Girls, she was probably so drunk, she can't remember the show of the Spice Girls. Um, there was definitely one before a holiday. I'm pretty sure it was before, I think we went, I think it was when she was with Nigel. Sorry, Mum, for mentioning this. Um, I think we actually, we thought we saw him in the co-op tonight. <laughs> Mum was like running down every aisle. Does he live in Calvary? No, so I was like, I don't think it is him. It did look like him, though. Um, but I'm sure they went to a barbecue at, like, Tina and Stevens, but they were going to Barcelona the next day, and she got absolutely steaming, I think. There's definitely been multiple occasions that yeah. she's done that. You're listening to 96 Trent FM, Nottingham's hottest music sound. Coming up in the next hour, Irene Andrews goes head-to-head with Joe and Twiggy on Shirts and Skirts. Ding, ding, ding. Looking for somewhere to take your fat family? Come to the Springwater where you can eat your body weight for just £17 per person. Well, I want to go through this list because we've got a little list here. Um, let's do like a rapid fire sort of run through of this, of what we've called Irene-isms. Um, the first one on here is slapping the turkey. Which I'm really annoyed about wasn't allowed to do this year because of COVID. What, in case the turkey was infected? Well, in case, I think in case I infected it, which was probably a great idea because I had to go into lockdown on Boxing Day because <laughs> Hannah had tested positive. So Mom, it was Mom probably bought, clever foresight. Mum bought in slapping the turkey. So the year after Steve had died, um, we just were trying to make sure that we made it happy positive joyful day and mum just came bounding into the dining room and me and George were setting the table and probably half pissed with this naked turkey and just told us that we had to slap it so we did and then ever since that day we've slapped the turkey as much as possible (laughs) (laughs) to be fair this year even if there was no covid we wouldn't have been able to slap it anyway because she asked Pete to debone her legs and he and deboned the whole turkey. He deboned he? the whole turkey, so it literally looked like roadkill. It was just this like slab of open meat. All it makes oh. me think of is when Ronald Weasley tries to fix Harry's broken arm when he falls off his broom playing Quidditch and he removes removes all the bones from his arm. Honestly, and he has to take that potion and regrow all of his bones. To grow all of his bones back. That's yeah. if only that's what we could have done with the t- it. Actually, to be fair, it turned out really well, but it was just funny, it looked awful. So I don't think I'd have wanted to slap it. Go on, Matt. So next on the list, we've got 
well, we've already referenced this, but scratching your sports car with a metal fish slice, that, that's a, a low <laughs> point. Sad. Do you remember, uh, speaking of cars as well, do you remember when mum had that Volkswagen Polo that used to get puddles on the inside of the car? <laughs> I remember the number the, plate. The mint green Polo. M871 RTO. How and, and remember, why do you remember that? I remember it because <laughs> it spelt Mr. Toe. <laughs> <laughs> M871 doesn't spell Mr. Toe. Yeah, what? M R T O. Mr. Toe. Oh, you're so ridiculous. What were you also, doing as a teenager? Can I just also say so when mum got that black Batmobile, obviously it had the doors that opened up. Suicide once, doors. Suicide doors. And then you could get in the back, but no, it was sorry, smaller. I just need to correct you because they opened outwards. It wasn't a Lamborghini. They didn't open up, <laughs> but they opened out. Whatever. And I thought. When I said we had seats in the back, but they were really small. I thought you were going to go, can I correct you? We couldn't fit because we couldn't really fit very well in the back. But she got rid of the black Batmobile and she got that red sports car. And I remember oh, I'd, I'd not long moved to Manchester and I was so upset because basically every time I come home, we couldn't go anywhere because it was me, mum and George and she had a two-seater car. So it was like, <laughs> someone going to get the CC. <laughs> Do you know what we were talking about that car the other day because I just was saying to her like you're so impractical like getting cars like that like she moved me moved I moved house like multiple times while she had that car and two occasions on in particular one we went to B&M and did this huge like home shop and then had to drive to the new flat in town and we had to keep the roof down because we had a giant ironing board like in the seat next to me Am I still here? Yeah. I might have to take my headphones out because I've got no battery, so I need to plug in my charger. Um, but yeah, so we had like all of that kind of stuff. We literally couldn't couldn't put the roof up. Um, we had a Hoover in there, just all of this homeware stuff. And the second one where we went to Morrison's and the car was that full of shopping everywhere. I'd put a bag on the roof of the car just to try and like move stuff around, get stuff in. And I forgot, and we literally couldn't fit it in, but I'd forgotten it was there. And we got in the car and drove off and it flew down the front of the car. And I was like, oh my God, like we had to get, but like always having impractical cars. The third thing that's written on this, I'm going to just read out exactly what I wrote. Being small, times it's been funny that mum's a midget. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, statistically, oh, really how- quiet now. No, no, turn it off. How how tall is mum? Like, what's her height? Five foot one and a half. I mean, it is she's smaller than a... in Canada. She could get disability. She's, she's a Canadian midget, but it's it's not that much less than the average height, is it? No, I think it's more because she's just so. I think because we're taller, it's just been. I know we do take the piss out of her being small, but I love that she's like a bit smaller than us. I love it when we've just like picked her up and like plonked her in the conservatory and shut the door and locked her in at Longay Drive when she was being like annoyingly funny and just like trapped her in there. Or when me and George used to get a flanker either side just of FYI, her bed. The official average height for a woman is five foot seven. Yeah. Okay. When, when me and George would get into either side of her in her double bed at Longay Drive and flank her and she'd be basically trapped. Um, or sometimes when she's been telling me off with stuff, but like I knew it was more just like bantery telling me off. She wasn't too serious because I wouldn't push the line if she was. I'd sometimes just push her head like out. <laughs> <laughs> I often pa 
pat her now on the head. She's just very cute, isn't she? She's like, the best things come in small packages. Yeah, very true. Next on the list, we've got being scared of water, but going down the rapids at centre parks anyway. <laughs> Should that be drowning on the rapids at <laughs> George, can you talk a bit closer to your... Oh, yeah, I can, because my... Yeah, um, that's, that's, yeah that's a lot better. My, I forgot my headphones had the mic on, didn't I? Yeah. In, in fairness, uh, that is saying that mum's scared of water, but of the three of us on this call, only one of us um, thought they were going to die on a, a, a water ride in Tenerife. That's true. Um, so... <laughs> I think Whatever. Kate's ever recovered from that. Also, do you know what? She might be scared of water, but she definitely faced their fears. So I remember when we were in Lanzarote on that, like, I've divorced your dad holiday, let's go abroad, bring all your mates. Um, she, like, plucked up the courage to go scuba diving. She, like, committed to going to these little lessons a few days before. And then she went, I mean, she looks petrified on the pictures that we've got. I was going through them not that long ago. But she did it and she went snorkeling. So, you know, at least she's facing her fears. True. We've got um, leaving us cute notes when we were kids, which I think has like been passed on. I've certainly remember, uh, Kate, you've done stuff like that. I remember when I um, went away for uni in 2005, uh, you guys all dropped me off and then left. And I remember opening all my stuff and Katie had left me like a little note in my suitcase or something that was really sweet. And I also seem to remember Kate left me like an emergency fiver that she pinned to yeah. the notice board or maybe it was a tenner. Um, and I realised not long after everyone left that I didn't have any money at all. Like no one had given, like mum and dad had given me any cash. I didn't get my student loan for like a month. And that tenner, like I spent it almost immediately on like food. So it like came in really useful. So I think that's definitely been- What been did you actually on. do, Matt, if your student loan didn't come in for so long? I don't remember i think i just had to like go into debt just went. i went to hsbc and got a student account so i immediately got an overdraft, got an overdraft. Ring, ring. um i'm trying to find one of my favorite things that she'd always do it a she like for the woman that left so many notes why she never invested in a notepad and a proper pen is beyond me but you'd always get a note on the back of some sort of bill or like takeaway menu and it'd always be written in like lipstick or like the oldest <laughs> pen in the world that looked like she'd like licked the end off to make it work but it was never a note left that didn't have a love heart at the bottom with an M with in the middle. Yeah, like I can it, picture the, the font if you like, the handwriting yeah, in, my, in my head right now, yeah. I had to confess with the other day that I perfected that handwriting to five off um, PE because I wrote a note, wrote a note and then just used to change the date on it every week. I've got so many, so many little notes of when I remember going on school trips and I remember she, um, she took to writing things at certain birthdays and I was just trying to find it then, but I've got something, I've got the, the original document she gave me, what can be said when life's in a whirl? When a woman's in place instead of a girl. Uh, Mum, Christina Aguilera? Yeah. Um, oh, I wish I could remember all the words now, but it's so lovely. But I've also got um, a scrawly scrap of lined paper with Irene Andrews written on from when I was in year six at St. Wilfred's and we did a Christmas fair and I was in charge of the tombola. And mum picked whatever number it was and uh, she, whatever number she wanted to be drawn later on. And she wrote her name down next to it. And when the Tom Roller had been drawn and she hadn't won, I opened the little book and I ripped out the thing where she'd written her name. 
and I put it in my pocket and I kept it from when I was 11 years old and I've still got it in my keepsake. Do you keep it next to the, do you keep it next to the stone that you kicked all the way? Yeah. Yeah. That's good. And is there like a tissue that mum once blew her nose with? Probably. Well? <laughs> I am weird. <laughs> no, it's really sweet. It's just, you know, is also a bit of a psychopath sort of tendency, but it's, it's in the middle somewhere. Um, we've got, like... go on, oh, I was just going to say, well, obviously, we've already spoke about her being um, so hungover the night before and doing the old pop my butt. Um, so I was going to just skip down to falling over down the rabbit hole in Egypt because, honestly, a very own Alice in Wonderland moment. And me and Kate, it's probably the one time I think we've been probably quite irresponsible daughters um, in terms of, like, mom, because we were pretty drunk. We basically picked her up out of this hole and just like carried her to the bedroom, to our apartment. Just to explain to Matt, she tripped and she basically landed with her head in like a, just a natural like hole in the grass of like we the grassy verge on holiday. We were walking and, down to go to a beach party. And we just like scooped her up, didn't we, George? Yeah, but to bed. we did not want to miss a party. We just like got back into the hotel room, put her to bed and like locked her in and went to the party. And like just carried on the night, and we the next morning we're like, "Thank God you haven't got concussion." <laughs> Is mum <laughs> alive? That was like the opposite of the McCanns. Yeah, <laughs> she was so hungover the next morning, which was Georgina's eighteenth, eighteenth or twenty first birthday. We'd like really like hungover, got up, and we're trying to like really quietly put balloons up and banners around the bedroom that Georgina was asleep in. And she was so hungover when Georgina woke up and we were singing happy birthday to you. Mum was looking at me and sang happy birthday, dear Kate. <laughs> <laughs> of Amazing. Just, just ruined it. I mean, that didn't ruin it, Matt. The fact that they were shitting themselves the whole holiday. <laughs> this is what I meant when I put sharing too much information. Honestly, we were, so them two really got really bad deli belly in Egypt. Everything they ate and drank just went straight through them. They couldn't stay off the loo. But or like, out the if, bath if the loo if, was occupied. As if that wasn't bad enough, every time we went to the pool, mum would get in the pool and then be like, he guts are, is your tummy bad? Is it to like randomers that were like just at the pool bar, like on their rubber ring and she'd be like, oh yeah. We've got terrible diarrhea. I'd be like, I haven't. Stop telling people I've got diarrhea. I'm fine. I've not ate any food except chips and white pita bread. I'm fine. George, the other thing I've put here is uh, trying a new hairstyle, hating oh, it immediately. But one minute before we go to that, because we can't go past talking about Egypt. We won't talk about the whole thing. But off the back of that, this someone had told her, who obviously holidayed in Egypt quite frequently, don't use like diarrhea tablets that you'll get from home. Go to the chemist and get them over here because they're a lot stronger, so they'll really work for you. So she dragged us out of reception room into this nice, like shiny, lovely looking chemist that sells like all kinds of like, perfumes and GHDs. So I'm just looking around and she's gone up to um, the pharmacist and she's obviously trying to be quite coy and is the word coy like discreet and just yeah. say to him like oh yeah like you've got a sore tummy um and he's like period 
like shout she's like oh no 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 period she's like I don't get a period anymore and she's like tell me pains and he's like oh you got diarrhea like that in front of the whole shop just shouted it and my mum's like yeah and he's like diarrhea and scribs or just diarrhea she's like um, I'm not sure what's what's scribs and he's like you got scribs <laughs> she's saying I don't know what scribs is he's like just diarrhea then she was like how embarrassed was she it was so she bad literally, oh, it was so funny she, I just think she'd have rather had the diarrhea than get the tablet <laughs> yeah I think she would have brilliant so we've got a thing about hairstyles, mushroom hair. What was this? Oh my God, do you remember when we, I don't know how it came about. It was something to do with the college that she worked at, but they did like a, a charity fashion show where me and George got roped in to be like chubby child models. We had to model like PE kit, school <laughs> uniform. I actually wore a full white uh, karate outfit and had to walk down the platform to everybody was kung fu fighting. <laughs> And um, mum had her hair professionally, we all had our hair professionally done, but mum was at that stage where she just did her own hair. She always had it curly and up in a crocodile clip. And this person, this hairdresser did mum's hair and it looked like an actual mushroom helmet. Georgina's wow. probably trying to find a photo now. Um, I've actually got the album, but I don't think... Well, mum redid her own hair. Yeah, there's no evidence of it because well, I just I feel like it's just such an ironism. Well, let's see. Wow, that's like a kind of mullet, but yeah, and I appreciate this is a podcast, so you can't see the pictures, but um, it's I'm epic. Sure, I'm sure you can well, remember them, Mum. It's that's the green horrendous. dress one. Yeah, but I just feel like it's such an ironism um, to go, and she went maybe eighteen months ago. To this new hair salon in Nottingham City Centre. She made like best friends with the gay guy who owned it. He did all of her hair, told her she should be brave, do something different. So she did. She went darker. She loved it. Came home, she took all these selfies, sent them to me and George. The next day she woke up like, what the hell have I done? My hair's brown. It looks horrendous. And had to go and like get her entire hair done all over again. And she's just like, so just grabs life so much. It's such an ironism to just go and just be like, best friend to someone, change your whole look. Like that's how she came back from like, was it like the Good Food Show with hair extensions or something? She turned up at Faith. She turned up at Faith and had really short hair. And I was at the till. And I looked at the front of the shop and there's this woman that looks like my mum, but isn't my mum because she's got this really long poker straight hair and she's just looking at me like gone out and mum had gone and had these like professional hair extensions put in and was sw swishing them around like Monica Geller on Friends when she goes and gets the dreadlocks. Have you got more money than cents? Use code IRENE10 to get 13% off HelloFresh but just for three days a week but you can still go to Sainsbury's in the square and spend £40 a day on all your other meals. Head to our website, mumsaword.com, to enter our competition to win a free pie and pint at the Rodney. One of the one of the other quotes I had sort of relates to that. This is from The, the Catcher in the Rye by J.D. Salinger, and he just says, mothers are all slightly insane. <laughs> maybe yeah. this, is, this is part I of I think all our friends would agree to that. Mum once, um, Gail Burton was in our living room at Longay Drive, and mum was really excited, and um, she just had got a load of really good bargains at um 
Primark or something. And she said, turned around to Gail completely out of the blue. Oh my God, Gail, do you want to see my four pound bra? And lifted her jumper up to show Gail the bra that she got for four quid and forgot she'd taken it off and she had no bra on and just flashed her tits in Gail's face. <laughs> Brilliant. What did Gail say? She was just like massively shocked and ever, ever since that day, it is a lifelong quote. Do you want to see my four pound bra? <laughs> Um, we can take this like off off the thing, but I feel like we should start wrapping up. Now. Yeah, We're I was like about a, to say the an same. Hour and forty minutes in. Um, how do you want to like summarize this? And do we, we want to all... do any more like fake adverts or anything like that, or do we just just do it? Um, why don't we leave it? But if you feel like you need some infills tomorrow, we could do some voice note things and send, or whenever you're editing it, and we could send things in on the fly because then you might know more what you want. Sure. Um, should we leave it? Should we by all doing a bit? Do you, Matt? Do you want to wrap it up and then we could all just say like a little bit of a message to Mum? Yeah. So what do we want to wrap up with? Um, just trying to think how to structure it. You could maybe talk about this being like a new concept for us, but um, it's something that we hope we'll be able to do again. Like this is just like the absolute <clears throat> starting point of Mum's life. And yeah. Okay. All right, so we're coming to the end now of uh, Mum's the Word, which is our initial. Is that, is that the name of the podcast? <laughs> yeah. For a minute, I was like, "Is it called Keeping Mum?" I was like, "No, it is called Mum's the Word." Okay, we'll keep we'll keep that in. Uh, we're coming to the end of the first part of Mum's the Word, and it's been really fun to just get together and and sort of. I was going to say reminisce, but again, that does sound like it's the past tense. But I think just. It certainly feels like we've talked a lot about formative years um, for all of us and like the role that mum's played in that for us, which is really nice to reflect on as we're all getting older in our lives, as Georgie's keen to remind us, although she's clearly not getting older, she's still clinging on to her 20s, but we're all just starting to reflect on on our own experiences and how, how we've been lucky enough to have those shaped by mum and what she's brought for us. But I've really enjoyed just revisiting some of these memories because there's really funny things that that not just us, like all the people who know mum and have interacted with her will will think about. And, you know, if you went up to any of our friends, literally any of them and said, tell us something funny about Irene, they will all have a story. They'll all have some memory or, or in fact, not even funny, like also just poignant, like something nice that she's done for them. Just just this week, or last week, um, you did an International Women's Day celebration organised by mum and by George. And you invited Lauren, my friend, who mum's only met in passing and thought her name was Moran, but like invited her along to it. And Lauren was like, so, so touched by that. Like, you know, she's going through a tough time and all of that. And mum just brought her under her wing. And, you know, like she's still, even now, we're all in our 30s, nearly, George. Um, and mum's just checking out, keeping an eye on our friends and like supporting them. And that, that you know, that she does, that never gets switched off. That's just who she is. She just is that kind of person. And it, and it really is inspiring to, to see her still doing that you know, with everything that's going on. So I think that's what I'd like to remember about about mum today. God, that still sounds like a best dancing. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Well, I feel like we're reflecting on, you know, we're, we're all at this point in our life and we're looking at what's gone before and saying, well, that this is how mum's been for us. But that's why I also wanted to talk tonight about, about who she is as a person for herself when she's not just dropping everything to support others and not just being selfless and doing everything she can. It's like, what are the things that drives her? And I think um, George touched on that really well. Um, mm. Uh, about like w wanting to see her get those things 
that that, she, that make her happy now that she's kind of got you know the, her marriage and her relationship with Chris and all she's got a new house and she's got her grandkids and you know hopefully more to come but like there's all those things but it's like where does where does she go next and that's really exciting to see because I'm sure I speak for all of us or I hope I do to say that mum's got so many strings to her bow and so many things like that she could do next that that I don't think any of us would be surprised if she rang us up and was like I'm going to reinvent myself as like a a tv presenter or a life coach or a teacher or a chef or like you know there's all these things that mm. you can suddenly see her doing that I would I'd be like yep that makes total sense or you know or if she was like I'm going to be a business consultant like there's all these angles and avenues that she could go down that that I'm really excited by so that if you like that's my like from my personal like closing thoughts if you like on this this mother's day that we're thinking about our mum and the person that she is and and the future that she's she's got and the path she's going to go down and I think that's a really nice thing to, to have been able to reflect on with you two my my siblings tonight I don't know if yeah. you guys want to follow that up or yeah I am I've massively enjoyed this even if we were to never release the, this podcast it's just been so nice hanging out with you guys but I, I really like agree with what you've just said Matt and I think no matter what it is that mum goes on to do in the next you know 40 50 however many years that Irene Andrews Irene Kenny is gonna live for um maybe cut that out it sounds a bit morbid (laughs) (laughs) I feel like um no matter what it is that mum does next us kids will be along for the ride like it feels like this podcast has made me think that if any of us ever made it onto mastermind we should definitely try and pick mum as our topic because we could just talk all day long about the things that she's done the things she's taught us the funny things she's done and said and how she's made us feel and you know all of those amazing things about mum that make mum mum um but it's felt really nice doing something like this for her for mother's day because i having become a mum this year myself I've suddenly got this like tiny little insight into what it's been like for mum for 34 years and I'm just totally and utterly besotted with my child and I know that mum's spent the last 34 years being totally besotted with us she's made us feel so much love and so looked after and so like we've got this just tiny blonde superhero on our shoulder no matter what it is (laughs) tiny blonde superhero no matter what we'll go through just knowing that we've got mum there is everything so it's been really nice to do something like this just to talk about the tiny little blonde person that just absolutely just rocks our worlds doesn't she so hope she'll enjoy it and doesn't tell me off too much for keep calling her small well said george well, i've got to follow both of them and i can't even play the parent card no <laughs> um no but i just think that it's been it has been so nice to kind of reflect back and talk about all these different things and i think it's so funny because we all sit here now and say how like lucky we are and throughout this whole thing like how grateful we are and how blessed we've been and she'll listen to this and her first comment will just be how lucky she is because she's that selfless like she does it's she's just so happy to for everyone in her life that she loves to be happy and I think obviously I could probably speak for all of us by saying like she's just always been such a constant in our lives like it's never 
In fact, I wrote this in their Mother's Day card, um, not to get dead like soppy and emotional, but um, I got the, the difference, the how many days it had been since the day she gave birth to me to when it will be Mother's Day, which is like 10,828 days. And I was able to put in the card, I've been able to rely on you and count on you for everything for those over 10,000 days with no matter what she's gone through and I've put in the card in the darkest of times in her life she was still my light like I've said in her life like she was not here anymore sorry mom I'm really bad at this but um I just think so many of my friends have had situations with their parents where they've not been great but mum has just always been such a constant in our life like and mm. support and like faith and just love for us is just unwavering like we're just so so lucky to have that like it's just so special and I just don't think it can be matched like the bond that we've got as a four as well and obviously as a five six seven with the extended family and everyone that's married in and all that kind of stuff is amazing but the four of us it I that just that's irreplaceable it's so special and that's because of mum thanks mum I think you're right, George. I think you've, that's a really lovely way to, also, to sum up. Also, can I just finish it by saying, because we didn't say this one, and it was my favourite quote on here that you wrote, and it was by Dorothy on The Golden Girls saying, it's not easy being a mother. If it was, fathers would do it. <laughs> and I just thought, yeah. I'm just going to add in one other quote. At my sweet 16th birthday party at Longay Drive, in the conservatory would set up a small disco area and William Skinner was doing the two-step to Liberty X. And he turned around to Irene and he said, Irene, what would you say if I offered you some cocaine? And she said, William, I'd say, give a drag. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we love you, mum, you're a legend. We love you, Mum. Happy love Mother's you, Day. Queen. I hope you've managed to listen to this and not gone crazy. Uh, maybe we'll have to split it into two parts to keep you keep you going. But um, ha thank you for just always being there for us, and hopefully we can all be together really soon. Love you, you Mama. Are the love MVP, you. the most valuable player. We love you. Shoo I wanna be like you. I wanna walk like you, talk like you. Be you, Teddy.